0: You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning as we have been in this, this series in regards to Holy Spirit. I pray as I as I communicate these truths and the things that you have imparted into me to to give out to, to this local church, this beautiful local body, I pray, Lord, it is received, received on, on fertile ground, Lord, ground that is is cultivated and, and ready, ready to, to, to nourish these seeds that are planted. And Lord, we pray that fruit is seen from this whole series, not, not just today's talk, but, but all that you're imparting. Holy Spirit, as the song that we sing says, you are welcome here come flood this place and change the atmosphere. Hearts, minds, souls, attitudes, mindsets, thoughts, doctrines, whatever needs to be changed. You are Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. We are on part four of this series and I've been so blessed Uh, I wanted to start out this morning with a a quote from A.W. Tozer, and it reads like this. We may as well face it. The whole level of spirituality among us is low. And This was written a long time ago. We have measured ourselves by ourselves until incentive to seek higher plateaus in the things of the spirit is all but gone. We have imitated the world, sought popular favor, manufactured delights to substitute for the joy of the Lord and produced cheap and synthetic power to substitute the power of the Holy Ghost. What a powerful quote, it's a, it's a, it's a God smack for me. I, I once heard someone say that church is a lot more than a bunch of talented people getting, getting together to pull off a service. And I believe that. I believe that church is so much more than that. They're, the church that we read in Acts was an empowered church, this, this powerful entity that was was um, baptized by the Spirit, and then we see this community come forth from that, that Spirit. And the spiritual things, and, the, and 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 us being spiritual is not the spirituality that the world has. It's being Spirit-filled people and allowing Holy Spirit to dictate what Community and life looks like in our world today. I've enjoyed this series. I think the contributions from Ange and from from Steve they were fresh and rich, and challenging. Um, a discipline also comes to mind if you think about it. When it comes to God the Spirit, we've we've learned about a lot about the character and the nature of Holy Spirit in the last few weeks. We, we learned that God the Spirit brings wisdom, revelation, understanding. Power. Can you say power? Power. And God, the Spirit brings security, knowing that he is trustworthy, he is steadfast, and he is faithful. Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Can you say amen to that? You should be experiencing spiritual life from chains to change. I'm going to steal that one from Steve. I think it's one of those quotes I'll be having to say for years to come. My friend Steve says, from freedom to fulfillment. These are powerful things that come with God the Spirit. New spiritual life looks like something. Look at somebody next to you and say, it looks like something. Right? It it should be evident. Like that glow that's on Josh right now. This is what the, the, the Holy Spirit brings to God's people. God's people, you can see there's something different. There's something different about someone who was filled with God, the Spirit. It's not weird. Uh, Dudley Daniel, who who was one of the pioneers of New Covenant Ministries, used to often say that the Holy Spirit is not weird, but he is wild. He gets to be wild. It's wildfire. His son Tyron says it's better to have wildfire than no fire. The thing about the church is we've tried to control the fire what happens with God's people is we try to control the fire because we don't want to be the weird ones but I'm telling you we have to have the courage to be the wild ones we have to have the courage to be those who are filled with the Spirit and live a radical lifestyle through God the Spirit Holy Spirit filled people look different they look different they carry Holy Spirit gifts. How many of you know about the gifts of the Spirit? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we spent a lot of times of these in the past, so I'm just gonna brush over them very quickly. First Corinthians 12, we see these gifts that Holy Spirit people f- carry, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith. Do you know that faith is a Holy Spirit gift? I mean, just what, what does that look like? Are you filled with faith or are you filled with doubt? Are you filled with discouragement? This is a spiritual gift. Gifts of healing. How many of you believe in the power of healing still? How many of you believe in the power of healing still? I hope so. This this is a gift that comes from God the Spirit. Miracles. How many believe miracles still happen? Prophecy. Discerning of spirits. Tongues. Yes, we absolutely believe in tongues. It is scriptural and it's manifested. Interpretation of tongues. These are all empowered by Holy Spirit. They're all empowered by God the Spirit. We see that the, those who are filled with the Spirit produced Holy Spirit fruit. Can you say fruit? We see this in Galatians chapter five, verse 22 through 23. The fruits of the Spirit are this, friends, love. Can you say love? Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Self-control. How's your fruit basket looking this morning? Don't look at your neighbor's basket. How's your fruit basket look this morning? Are you carrying these these spiritual fruit that, that come with God, the Spirit's infilling, right? Where do you see others? Or I'm sorry. Where do others see you when they look at the fruit of your life? Do they see these spirit gifts within your life? Is this the fruit God the Spirit produces in a life transformed or is this something that we just make up on our own? These are things that God the Spirit produces in a life that has been transformed and it's visible for all to see. You think about these fruits, love. Man, I've heard so many people say, well, God knows why I don't love them people. Think about joy. If they didn't get me mad all the time, maybe I would have some joy. I'm sorry, but fruits aren't given by man. They're given by God, the Spirit, which means man doesn't dictate the fruit that we carry. Peace. In COVID, in a, a, a war stricken world, you're talking about peace? Yeah, peace, listen, friends, isn't the absence of conv- on conflict or even an environment. It is a soul at rest with God and God's creation. This is what peace is. Kindness. Friends, these aren't personality types. Oh, that person's kind, you know, they must be filled with the spirit. Kindness is not a personality type. It's a fruit of the spirit. Kindness is an action word, which in the Greek is a little more useful when 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 we hear it, right? The more accurate interpretation would mean acts of kindness. Goodness, goodness means virtuous. Or again, a better interpretation would be holy morality. Not not human morality, not not cultural morality, holy morality as we are set apart by God, for God. And what about self-control? This isn't about behavior modification, friends this is self submission to the Holy Spirit to control self let me say that again this is me willfully submitting to the Holy Spirit to lead me to control self self discipline or self control listen friends it's not it's not about doing it in the flesh I mean, just think about what what self-control means for you. I don't know what it means for you. I know what it means for me. But if you're on, on your sixth beer and the Holy Spirit hasn't whispered something in your ear, you might need to get into your prayer closet. If you're logging on to a porn site and the Holy Spirit isn't screaming from your gut, get off, get off, then you might need another encounter with God the Spirit. If you're in an unholy situation with the opposite sex and Holy Spirit isn't saying, get out, eject, eject, then you might need an encounter with God, the Spirit, because this is what the fruit of the Spirit is. It's self-control. It's me not putting myself in a situation that I get out of control in. Are you with me? You're getting quiet on me. Some of us might need to get back into the Holy Spirit farmer's market and start picking some good fruit. This is what the Holy Spirit has made available to us. God the Spirit is holy. Can you say amen? He is holy. He is set apart. That's what that word means set apart. And God has said this He says, I am holy, therefore be holy. Look at somebody next to you and say, be holy, be holy. And, and this is what this means. This doesn't mean you're walking around kind of, you know, in this, you know, very religious posture, you know, very, you know, you can, I don't know what holy looks I, I picture robes and big hats, but you know, it, it's not, it's not, it's not this friends. Holy means knowing that you are set apart by God for God. It's not walking around with a halo. It's not walking around, you know, pretending friends. It's walking around knowing that the God who resurrected Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Holiness is not fearful that God is going to strike me from heaven. Holy, holy is God, the spirit lives inside of me. Therefore, I'm going to act accordingly because he is present with me. Can you say amen to that? Just like God the Father, Yahweh, and Jesus the Son, Emmanuel, Holy Spirit, is holy. He is real. He is powerful. But he can also be grieved. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 30 through 31 read like this. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Can you say, do not grieve the Holy Spirit? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but listen, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. It was the Holy Spirit who sealed you for the day of redemption. It was his work that brought you to a place of salvation. Don't grieve him. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. And friends, if if, if Galatians 5 gave us the fruits of the Spirit, then I believe these would be the demonic fruits. If you're walking in bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice, maybe it is not God the Spirit who's producing fruit in your life. We can't be manifesting these fruits and believe that we are still led by God the Spirit. There's a transformation that takes place when we are filled with God the Spirit. The Apostle Paul said this in this way to Timothy, and he was speaking about the religious who, who were pretending. He says these people having the appearance of godliness, but they are denying its power. Avoid such people. And really the way that's interpreted is, is those who are pretending to be religious, but they're actually denying the very power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of them that brings true transformation. Avoid those kind of people. We're not here to pretend. We're not here to put on behavior modifications and put on these facades that everything's okay and I'm religious and I go to church and I do things right. Paul's saying avoid those kind of people. You want the real and the raw. Friends, Restoration LA, we have tried to, to build into this culture. You can come as you are, but trusting that God, the Holy Spirit, is going to bring transformation. And in that, yes, there's failures and mistakes and we, and we, and we fall down and, 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 and all have fallen short of the glory of God. But friends there is still a holy standard. Can you say amen to that? We don't want to have an appearance of godliness and deny the Holy Spirit's power in our life. The Holy Spirit is Lord, and if he is Lord, what he speaks and what he says goes, where he leads, we follow. What he says, we say. The Holy Spirit cannot be lied to. He cannot be lied to. Listen to what Jesus says about The Holy Spirit, John chapter 15 verse 26 says this, but when the helper comes, can you say helper? This is God the Spirit, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, listen to this friends, the spirit of truth. Can you say spirit of truth? This is actually the word of encouragement that Ken Ken brought to us during worship and he had no idea what I was preaching today outside of the Holy Spirit. This thing, the spirit of truth. This is who the Holy Spirit is. He is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father and he will bear witness about me. This is what God the Spirit does. He bears witness to Jesus. He points all to Jesus. He is the Spirit of truth. Jesus would then say this about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, who? The spirit of truth comes. Listen, friends, he will guide you into all truth. Can you say all truth? This is what God the spirit does. He leads us into truth. And I really believe that in today's culture, we have bought into the world's culture of facade. Just think about how we use our social media platforms. We put the best of everything. Yes, right? None of us post, "Hey, yeah, I messed up again today." You know, or or "Hey, just woke up, check this out. I got lines on my face from the pillow still." Oh, do you see the drool on my chin still? Look, th- we don't put that stuff, right? We even have filters. It's not just a social media thing, friends. It's a it's a projection of things that aren't true. And and, and I'm not I'm not Hammering on, on social media, I I, I I like social media. I use it as a tool. But friends, I really believe somehow it, it, it penetrates our heart that we always have to project. This is what we look like, and everything's fine. Knowing that we could be dying inside, knowing that things aren't all right, knowing that things aren't all heavenly. But when the Holy Spirit comes, He will guide you into all truth. When Jesus says he's looking for worshipers, he's looking for worshipers that will worship him how, friends? In spirit and in truth. These are the worshipers that Jesus is looking for. Those of us who worship him not, no longer according to the flesh, no longer putting, hey, I'm going to go worship, you know, I got to make sure I put on the right clothes to worship Jesus today and, you know, make sure I look right to worship Jesus. No, 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 no. In spirit. Not in flesh. This is not about how we we, we put ourselves together to worship Jesus in spirit, but listen, friends, and in truth. Jesus rather it be real than it be fake. And if you're broken today and you're worshiping Jesus, praise God. You worship him in your brokenness. If it's true, Jesus will take it all day long. But don't pretend. Don't pretend. Let it be real. Let it come from this real place. Let it be from this real authentic connection between you and God, in spirit and in truth. And the Holy Spirit is gonna lead us into all truth, which means, I believe, the ultimate truth. And when you get led into all truth, truth is like a revelation. As we walk in deeper into the things of God, truth becomes more revealed to us, right? Revelation comes, deeper truth deeper truth, deeper truth, deeper truth, the further away we get from the facade and the lies. Can you say amen to that? The further we get away from religious practitioning and we get into this deep relationship with God because the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. All truth, which penetrates every area of our life. All truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So Holy Spirit is an exact representation of God and Jesus. He will not speak on his own own authority, but he hears what he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, who is Jesus, for he will take what is mine and he declares it to you. This is what God the Spirit does. If it's not truth, friends, it's not Holy Spirit. If it's not truth, it's not Holy Spirit, because He is the Spirit of Truth. The penalty of lying to the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter five was death. And I and, and I know you're saying, Jody, this is escalating really quickly right now. Acts chapter five. If you have your Bibles, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk through. This isn't the centrality of this message. I, I, I'm, I'm taking us somewhere. Acts chapter 5, many of you might know this portion of scripture. Many have used this area of scripture around finances and things of this nature. It's, it's far deeper than that. Acts chapter 5 says this, But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. Now you have to understand what's happening at this um, time. The church is exploding. Man, God the Spirit is at work. When we read Acts 2, we see God the Spirit is just being unleashed on on, on this new community, these new Christians, this new church that is resurrecting from from the old um, Hebrew tradition. And and this culture, I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, you guys know that they, they're, they're meeting each other in each other's homes and they're sharing meals. And, and it's, it's so authentic and it's so true because it's led by God, the Spirit, and, it, and all these beautiful things that are happening at the early p- part of Acts. And so new believers are being added to the church daily, according to Acts 2.42. New believers daily are being added to the church. And so you got to see how attractive this is to, the, to this culture and this community. People are seeing this beautiful thing taking place, and they want to be a part of it. How many of you have ever wanted to be a part of something like that? I know, I know I have. But this man, Ananias, with his wife, Sapphira, they sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, listen, friends, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it, and he laid it at the apostles' feet. So he sells his property. He holds back. But listen, friends, he didn't hold this back as like, hey, you know, I sold this property. I'm going to give the Lord 50%, and I'm going to keep 50%. Cool, right? There's no rules to this. You're being generous. You're giving to God. There was something in this man's heart with his wife's knowledge. There was something in their heart, there was something fake about what was taking place because he was leading the apostles to believe that he was bringing everything, right? So say he sold the property for $100,000. He brought $50,000 and said, hey, apostles, we want to honor God. We are bringing you everything we got for the property. That's, that's not truth and, and and you didn't even have to do that we'll see this here right but peter said ananias why has satan filled your heart to lie to the holy spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land while it remained unsold did it did it not remain your own i mean wasn't this your property i mean we didn't come to you and say hey you got to sell your property in order to be part of the church that didn't happen this was your property why would you lie listen friends to the holy spirit and pretend like you were bringing everything after it was sold was it not at your disposal i mean didn't you get to with your free will do what you wanted with this money why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart he's going down to a heart condition it's not about the greed of money friends. He's going down to the heart condition of Ananias. Why would you do this? You have not lied to man but to God. You've lied to God. And when Ananias heard these words, he fell. He fell down and he breathed his last breath. I mean, shh. Or South Africans would say shh. <laughs> I mean, the, the immediate wrath of God for lying to the Holy Spirit. The young men rose and they wrapped him up and they carried him out and buried him. And after uh, the, the interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. Basically, did you sell the land for 50,000 or 100,000? And she said, yes, for so much. So Peter said to her, how how is it that you have agreed together, you and your husband, how have you agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are here at the door, and they will carry you out as well. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear, yeah, I would think so, came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. It's probably not a good time to take the tithe after that. Listen, friends, truth be told, the active wrath of God isn't prominent in our life. Think about this the active wrath of God is not prominent. We're living in the new covenant, we don't see God strike down things immediately. I mean, we read the Old Testament and a lot of us are appalled by the act of wrath of God. How many of you have read the Old Testament? I'm like, whoa, I'm so glad we're not living in the Old Covenant. But at this point in history of the church, friends, listen, God the Spirit was not going to be lied to. He was not going to be lied to. And fear came over the church and there was a standard set that the people of God would live in spirit and in truth. Today, maybe you haven't experienced the act of wrath of God, and I pray that you haven't. But listen, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 reads like this. Do not, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. And for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Ananias and Sapphira reaped lying to the Holy Spirit. This is what happened to the children of Israel in the Old Testament. It wasn't wasn't always God. Listen, friends, opening up the earth and swallowing a whole community like we read in Numbers. Have you ever read that that portion of Scripture? This this small community was causing so much ruckus within the, the, um, the people of Israel that Moses was like, Lord, do something, and God swallowed them up. Check the ground. I think we're good. It's not always the active wrath of God. Listen, friends. Sometimes it's God's passive wrath. And there's a there's a pastor and, and, and theologian. His name is John Mark Gomern, and he writes in his book called "God Has a Name." This is what he writes. He says in Scripture, God's judgment often looks like an invading army, Babylon coming to destroy Nineveh, or a, a few decades later to destroy Jerusalem. And we might say, but, but Babylon was, was the emerging world power and, and they would have gone to war against Nineveh and Israel with or without Yahweh's nudge. But all God has to do was step back and remove his protection. And this is sometimes what, what passive wrath looks like. It looks like God saying, okay, you're no longer gonna, gonna walk a life of spirit and truth. I, God, the Spirit, will not follow you into darkness. I, God, the Spirit, will not continue to play the facade that you're wanting to walk into. This is the problem with the children of Israel in the Old Testament. They continued to want to take a holy God into unholy charted waters. And so God had to remove himself and say, okay, have at it. And the passive wrath of God was realized over that nation. We see this here in the New Testament. Ananias and Sapphira were trying to take a holy God and create an, an old unholy pattern that could have been seen by others. And God the Spirit wasn't going to stand for it. In our nation's history, President Lincoln said publicly that he believed that the Civil War was God's judgment on America for slavery. God's passive wrath allowing this nation to be ripped apart because of slavery and how could a self-professing christian nation at that time continue to enslave their fellow humans god's creation fellow humans god creation and not experience the conviction of god the spirit how could a nation that says they're christian continue down this unholy path? I would ask the same question for the individual, self-professing Christians, blood-bought, born-again, water-baptized, Holy Spirit-filled. How do we continually live in sinful patterns in the presence of a holy God who is the Spirit? Ananias and Sapphira tried to live out untruth in the presence of a holy God. How does that happen? It's like one of my kids trying to get away with something in front of their mom. It's not going to happen. Maybe this had worked for them in the past. Maybe, maybe this is how they conducted their life before they came to God. Maybe this is how they, rec- they were recognized before by an unholy community. Like Ananias and Sapphira, they have it all together. Man, look, they do wonderful things. They're so generous. And, and maybe this is how they conducted their life before. Maybe, maybe this is how they were able to gain favor, listen, and manipulate community before. But it wasn't going to happen now not when God the Spirit was reigning. There's an Austrian psychologist, his name's Alfred Adler. He was a colleague of Sigmund Freud. And he calls this life lies. When we uh, uh, adopt these patterns to create truth, and then we funnel everything through that truth to manipulate the outcome, this is, this is what life lies looks like. And I, I really believe, as, I, as I'm trying to maybe even get into the psyche of Ananias and Sapphira, this is what they were trying to do. They were trying to manipulate a community because it probably had worked for them before and they were living out this life lie under a holy God. And in, in regard to life lies, there's a, a psychiatrist, his name is Jordan Peterson. And this is what he writes about life lies. He says, someone living a life lie is attempting to manipulate reality with perception. He's trying to manipulate reality with perception, thought, and action so that only some narrowly desired and predefined outcome is allowed to exist. Now, I, I'm, I'm not trying to get into psycho babble, but this is what I want us to understand. When we are not living under a holy God, we are living under, under the human authority. And I think psychology has a lot to play with that. When we have built up this facade or we have built up this life of untruth and we try to carry that into a a holy covenant with a holy God who is wanting to lead us in spirit and in truth, we cannot conduct ourselves under the worldly umbrella any longer. So we're still subject to these things like life lies. God the spirit cannot be manipulated and will not wrestle for the lordship of your life. He won't. It has to be an act of free will. Submission is is, is not completely an act of surrender. I know we think of submission, it's like, okay, I surrender. It's not just surrender. It's a faith-filled surrender that allows Holy Spirit to lead as we follow him, listen, friends, faithfully. This is what it looks like. So it's not like, okay, Holy Spirit, I give up. You're in control. I submit to your authority. Go ahead. No, it's I give you my life freely. I I, I will follow your lead. Where you lead, I will go, and I will go full of faith, knowing that you are the spirit of truth, and I will follow you into the depths of truth that you are taking me into. Galatians chapter 3. I know I'm throwing a lot of scripture at you, but Paul says this to the church. Oh, foolish Galatians. (laughs) who has bewitched you it was before your eyes that jesus christ was publicly portrayed as and as crucified let me ask you only this did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by or by hearing it with faith are you so foolish having begun by the spirit are you now being perfected by the flesh So let me kind of tell you what he's saying. You received Christ. When you said yes to Jesus, the revelation that Christ was crucified for you came over you, and that revelation comes from the Holy Spirit. And so you actually entered salvation and a relationship with God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so if this is how you entered your relationship with Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, how is it that you think that you cannot continue with the Holy Spirit? How is it that you think that you can continue this relationship with Jesus and your own power and your own flesh? And he goes as far to tell this church, how foolish are you? You've begun this in the spirit. How can you walk this out in the natural? You can't. You cannot do this in your own power. You cannot operate the way you used to operate before Jesus after the Holy Spirit has come. You have to allow Holy Spirit to continue his work in your life to follow him again into all truth. We cannot do this in our flesh, also known as our old nature. We cannot do this. Galatians chapter 5, later on in that letter, he's continuously speaking about the Holy Spirit to this church, and he says, but I say, walk by the Spirit. Can you say, walk by the Spirit? I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And so he has, he has a biblical pattern, a spiritual pattern for this church. Man, if you're continuously falling into the flesh, if you're continuously falling into your old sinful nature, if you're continuously falling into those old patterns that you, that you used to have or those life lies that you were, you were following before Christ, you need, you need to change direction. You need to walk in the spirit. Because when you walk in the spirit, then you're not going to actually be walking down the road that leads you to those sinful patterns. Can you say amen to that? For the desires of the flesh or your nature, the desires of your flesh or your nature are against the spirit. Do we recognize that, friends? Do we recognize that me without the Holy Spirit is hostile against God? It's not like, oh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm I can take it or leave. No, no, no. Our nature is hostile against God. Without God, the Holy Spirit, our nature is hostile. As soon as we feel like the Holy Spirit is just as close enough distance away, our sinful nature is like, run, dive in deep, go to the darkest place again. This is where our nature is. The desires of our flesh are against the spirit. And listen, friends, and the desires of the spirit. And the way this text is written in the manuscripts. It's not the spirit, like the spirit inside of you. This is Holy Spirit. This is God, the spirit. The desires of God, the spirit, listen, friends, are against your nature, your flesh. So not only is our flesh actively opposing Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, listen, friends, is actively opposing our flesh. That's the battle. That's the battle. And I actually believe this is why the church has been so content to not allow God, the Spirit, to be Lord in the church today. Because when he is Lord and when he leads, I mean, this, uh, uh, Francis Chan wrote a wonderful book on the Holy Spirit called The, the Forgotten God. And it's this, we, we've said father, son, and we've, we've, we've you know, have, have changed We've taken Holy Spirit out. It's been Father, Son, and the the, the new Trinity is, and the word of God. Or or Father, Son, and the Holy Church. No, 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 no. It's the Holy Spirit. We're, We're not living in the Holy Church age. We're living in the Holy Spirit age. He is God. He is Lord. He leads. And where our flesh is and where our human nature is, Holy Spirit is actively opposing. Why? Because this is why Jesus died on the cross. This is what Jesus died for, to free you, to bring transformation to us. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. They're opposed to each other. The Holy Spirit is inside you to keep you from doing the things your flesh wants to do. I mean, we, I understand, you know... You, you, Our wrestles with addictions and things. And I understand that there's helpful tools like like, programs and things like this. But listen, friends, it's the Holy Spirit, God inside of us that empowers us to not do the things that our flesh wants to do. When the Holy Spirit is Lord, then we're not not running into sin. I think Steve said he was the least of all sinners here last week. I would, I would probably be more like Paul problem, the chief sinner in the room today. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. And that law brings condemnation. That law is, is, is rules and regulations. When you're led by the spirit, you're not, you're, not, you're not looking at a list and say, okay, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that, I think I'm good. No, no, we're not under that and we're not under condemnation. Now, the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, he's talking to the church. So, this is, man, those Galatians, man, there's some sinners up in that church. He is talking to the church. Don't let this be amongst you any longer. You're still following the culture, and you can't bring this culture into this holy thing called connection with God, covenant. You can't bring it. And I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things, listen, friends, will not inherit the kingdom of God. We can't pretend. We can't pretend to be led by God the Spirit. We can't pretend. To, to have this revelation of Jesus who's revealed through through God the Spirit and continue to live the life that we led before. It just doesn't work. We can't, we can't live in those two worlds. A little bit later on in Galatians, before, right after we read the fruits of the Spirit, Paul says this, if we live by the Spirit, can we say live by the Spirit? That let us keep in step with the spirit. And, and this is what I think of. has happened probably for, for some of us. I know it happened for me at a significant part of my life where I wasn't, I wasn't walking right with God. I'd experienced God at a young age. I'd given my life to Jesus and it was true and it was real because it was his work and it was authentic. And I believe I, I came to salvation. I gave my life to the Lord. I was a broken kid, but it was real. But there was a season of my life, teens and young, as a young man that that I walked away from Jesus and I wasn't walking in the spirit. I was walking according to the flesh. And I don't believe friends, listen, that I was under under the covering of God because I was in some dark places during that time. I was no longer walking in that place. But I had started in the spirit because Jesus had done a work in me. I had experience, experienced him. It was real. I'm not saying it was fake. I don't believe that, that, that when salvation comes, that, that it, it can be stolen or robbed. But listen, and I'm going to mess with some of you and I'll be happy to take any challenges. I don't believe that salvation can be lost or stolen. But I do believe it can be forfeited because it's free will. And I believe there was a season in my life. I'm not saying this for you. I'm saying this for me that I had forfeited the work that the Holy Spirit had done in my life. And I had to come back to him and repent. And I had to allow him once again to be Lord of my life. And so where I had started in the Spirit, live by the Spirit. Listen, friends, it just can be like, okay, I received the Holy Spirit. There's also this charge on the second part of this verse. It says, now keep and step with the Spirit. And this is how we get led into all truth. Okay, truth comes, salvation comes. I'm good, I'm awesome. Jesus is with me, I'm with Jesus. We, we are in this covenant together. It is amazing. And then God's like, let's go. Because that started the journey. Let's go, come on. I'm like, but I'm good, God. I mean, I got you, you got me, we're good, right? No, 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 no. I'm leading you into all truth. There's more. No, but I'm good, I'm gonna stay here. This is, this is you know, I'm good. I mean, I'm gonna free from the sin. And, and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm giving you friends, I'm just giving you some visuals. There's this line that you would cross from unholiness to holiness. And then the Holy Spirit wants to lead us deeper and deeper and deeper into this, this, this relationship with God and to where we become these spiritual beings that God's called us to be. And I'm not saying it's weird, it's wild though. And most of us still want to live here. We want to live on the line, so close to unholiness that all it takes is a step. We want to live on the line. We want to live. We want to live in this place. And the Holy Spirit said, "No, deeper truth. I want to lead you into all truth. I want to. I want to lead you further and deeper into my love, into my grace, into my power, into my gifting, into my fruit. I want to lead you in." But no, this is this is safe here. We don't recognize, friends, how quick and easy we just do this. And this is what was happening for the church in Galatia. The gospel was spreading like wildfire to the known world. All the Roman roads that were built by the Roman Empire were being used by the church to to advance the kingdom of God. And they were going into some crazy places, the church in Corinth, my Lord. He is, I mean, here, he is talking to the church about orgies. The heck? These are some wild places, but what he is telling them, and listen, friends, you were so engulfed in the culture that you were a part of, you're forgetting that God, the Spirit, is leading you into so much more. Stop flirting with the lion. Let him lead you into all truth. And I believe that's what the Lord wants for us. When the Spirit of the Lord is leading us, we are going deeper and deeper into this love relationship with Jesus. And this is a heart. This is a heart for our community. This is our heart for every believer who comes to know Christ as they don't just stay in in, in that border town. And we get to go in and pioneer new places with God and we get to discover and we get fruits and giftings and we get to see what God the spirit is capable capable of when a submitted life allows him to lead. Will you allow him to lead like this in this next season? Will you willfully submit, not as a solely surrender, but willfully submit in a place where you're saying, Lord, I want to faithfully follow. If you are leading into all truth, if you are God the Spirit, then I want that truth to to reign over my life. I no longer longer want to live in the facade. I no longer want to live in, in the nuance. What is true, I want And not my truth, because this is what the world says. What's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. And that is true without God. But with the God factor, it is what he says is true. He sets the standard because he is the spirit of truth, right? And so we can agree to disagree all day long. And I think we could do that. That's fine. But when it comes to God, the spirit, this is where the contention comes. Will we follow? Will we let him lead us into all truth? Will you stand with me? Jesus is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. As Ken encouraged us during worship, she just wants to just shine down. And sometimes when we've been in darkness for so long and that light comes, it's like oof. But man, once we get accustomed to it, the colors and the life and the vision, listen friends, the vision that we see, it's powerful. I wanted to close this start by um, two ways. Number one is, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, this is where truth begins. If Jesus Christ is not Lord, then you're going to wrestle with the truth of God constantly. His Lordship needs to be solidified. Recognizing that you were were living in a sinful way. Now you repent from that and you want to give your life to the Lord and start your journey with him. And if you've never done that and would like to do that today, I want to pray with you. And so if there's anyone like that, everyone's eyes are closed and Anyone say, you know what, I haven't given my life to Jesus, and I think today I would like to do that. And so if that's you, I just would love to ask you to just lift your hand so I can pray with you. Is there anyone like that this morning that says, yes, I, I need Jesus in my life? I want today to be the day I do that. If that's you, just raise your hand so I can see it, so I can pray with you. Is anyone today? And secondly, I would like to ask, you've experienced God the Spirit because you've said yes to Jesus. It was the Holy Spirit that that actually drew you to Jesus and he revealed Jesus to you and you said, yes, I want him. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. And at that point, I believe that Holy Spirit came upon your life. But there's this thing of keeping in step with the Spirit it hasn't been so easy as you see God moving and as you see him leading you further and further away from that from that line away from that border between unholiness and holiness he wants to lead you deeper and if and as he's been leading you, you you've, you've been hesitant you've been struggling there's been some things that, that you've been wrestling with and your flesh has been in contra- contrast with God the Spirit and today the Spirit is revealing to you, yeah, this is what's been happening. I want to lead you into all truth. Will you let me? And if that's you this morning, I just want to ask you to raise your hand. Or you can raise both hands and, and so we can pray together. Lord, you see those hands that are raised. Thank you, God, for revelation. Thank you, God, for vulnerability today but i pray that no one in this room is feeling condemned i pray everyone in this room especially those raising their hands or even now are 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 experiencing truth and life god you're just saying i want to take you deeper i know you struggle i know you've wrestled but i have gifts for you and i and and i have fruit for you i have things that i want to impart in you as i'm lord of your life i want to i want to lead you and mature you and strengthen you in these areas. This isn't me condemning you. This is me wanting to bless you. Holy spirit. I pray you will fall upon those now who are saying yes, yes. I've been in conflict with God, the spirit, God, the spirit be Lord of my life. Lead me into all truth, lead me into all truth. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. As you lead your sons and your daughters who are saying, yes, I want more. Yes. This is scary. And, and and I'm even wrestling now, but they those hands that are raised in faith, I say, yes, Lord, more. Reveal yourself to them. And the way that they need it, God. Some of you, some of some, some of you, I really believe that God's just gonna begin to whisper things, just begin to whisper things into your ear. And it's gonna be enough to just nudge you and guide you. For some of you, God's gonna roar. <laughs> He's gonna roar, and you gotta you gotta allow him to do that when he does that. Man, just give him the attention he needs. Jesus name, Jesus name. And lastly, even as I've been praying, friends, I just really believe this. I really believe that God wants to continuously endow his church with gifts. And I believe some of you have been struggling with your gifts. I believe some of you, uh, you just don't, maybe don't even understand them. And we are going to be going deeper into understanding the gifts that God gives to the church and, spiritual gifts, things we read in, in Corinthians. And, and some of you have been wrestling. You've been wrestling, you've been doubting. Even Satan. Satan has, has been speaking uh, um, darkness over the areas of giftings that you carry. And even religion. Religion has been playing a part. Religion has been playing a part that uh, maybe a, a, a other form of church or denominationalism that, that has just talked to you about these giftings and said they're inappropriate and they're not for now. And I really believe that God wants to break those things off. For the spirit of the lord there is freedom and part of that freedom means you exercising the spiritual gifts that god has given you so lord i just pray that if that's you just raise your hands to the lord say yes lord, i've been wrestling with operating in some of the giftings that you and i've even been doubting some of the giftings that you've given me so lord i just pray now i pray god i pray lord those who, who have felt insufficient lord those who have doubted lord those who have felt small Lord, those who religion has tried to push them down, those who've compared themselves to others and say, oh, I can't do it like they do. Lord, I break off those things in Jesus' name. I break off those things in Jesus' name. I, I pray that men and women alike know that they are equal in value before you and they carry equal giftings and value before, before you, God, and that they are able to operate in their gifts freely, especially in the life of this church, God. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Let it be so in Jesus' name, Lord, those lies... Even some of those life lies, Lord, that have drafted a blueprint that is unholy. Lord, I pray that those blueprints will be ripped up. And that those things that that you have said will be the new blueprint. Giftings and fruit. Pray for more fruit, God. More fruit in the life of this church. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Hey, let's give Jesus praise today.